You're listening to A Slice of Therapy with me, Alan Parry. Do you ever feel anxious or depressed? Do you notice that you may even have a pattern of repressing your emotions, numbing them, pushing them down? Do you ever try and coax yourself away from feeling anxious or depressed only to notice that there's a real reluctance to move away? Well, that's what we're going to cover in this episode. You see, these kind of repressed emotions are a common feature of both anxiety and depression. And so, too, is that sense of reluctance to move away from those states. So as an example... It might well be that somebody teaches you some coping skills. Maybe you're anxious and you you get some coping skills that will start to soothe the anxiety. And yet you might actually notice that as the anxiety becomes soothed, that you get a feeling of weakness or maybe a scare at the very emergence of the soothed feeling. So in these instances, what can we do? Because the goal is to move out of anxiety or depression. And yet the very change that we want is triggering a scare and then we, re- we, we retreat back. So in this episode, I'm going to look at an approach that actually uses those reluctant feelings to lead us to deeper understandings and change. Now, the first thing that I want to look at is the nervous system itself, because what I want to do here is just to let the nervous system lead us, follow the lead of your nervous system. Now, the autonomic nervous system is a really powerful force. And autonomic just means involuntary. If you look it up in the dictionary, that's all it means. And it's good to notice that because... The nervous system is a really powerful force and it acts involuntarily in your defence. So the involuntary nature of this system means that it can almost be thought of as a body hijack. That is actually how I think about it. It's often how I talk about it to people that I'm working with. And so you'll know this anyway yourself because any time that you've been watching a scary movie and you've jumped you'll notice actually that you didn't choose to jump. Your nervous system just made you jump involuntarily. So when we're moving into anxiety and when we're moving into depression, this as well can be thought of as the nervous system acting in your protection. Now, the thing about the nervous system, and this is physiological stuff, this isn't psychological theory, this is how the body works. The nervous system actually consists of three states. So we've got the default state, that's where we're just okay. You know, it doesn't have to be marvellous, but we're just okay, we're, we're safe, we can socially engage and all of that sort of stuff. Then we've got an activated fight or flight state, and then we've got a very shut down state where everything goes a lot slower. So I like to share this in these kind of episodes because it helps you understand what's going on for you physically when you're emotionally feeling the way that you do. 
So almost think of it like a sideways triangle. So in the sideways triangle, the point of the triangle on the left-hand side will be that kind of green state, as I think of it, where things are okay. And then up at the top part of the sideways triangle, high up there, is that spike of activity that's represented by fight or flight. And then at the bottom of the sideways triangle, you've got that shutdown state. And I always represent that in blue. Now, the reason I like the sideways triangle is it shows the spike of fight and flight and it shows the depths of shutdown. And then that colour coding, although you can use whatever colours you like, you prefer, but those colour codings there, whatever you use, just gives us a common language. And we can talk and think about it then as, oh, I've gone into red or I've gone into blue or I'm back in green. Now, the writer Deb Dana, I've probably mentioned this before, but she has a really useful exercise for mapping the nervous system. And in that exercise, what you can actually do is to just describe what each of those states, OK, or fight or flight or shutdown, actually feels like for you. And I use that term feels like on purpose. So what is it that you notice about yourself? What is it you notice that's going on in your body too that tells you that you're in red? And so then we'll describe things like I've got more energy. It's a sense of panic. My heart is beating faster. I'm getting all sweaty and other things that are true for you when you ask yourself what you notice about yourself that tells you that you've gone into red. Now, what that question does, and you can do it for the other states as well, of course, is it builds an awareness of what's happening physiologically so you can recognise and monitor it outside of the session. You can notice as your body starts beginning to gear up and get ready for moving into red when you start to kind of shut down. And so at any point you should then be able to check in with your body and just notice what state you're in, what state you're moving towards in that moment. And that can be really, really useful to get that awareness. And we can also ask, what leads you to get into those states? So when you move into a red state or when you move into a blue state or when you invite yourself back into the green state of okayness again, what is it that will invite you into those states? What are those things that you can do? So people might say, oh, when I stroke my cat, it invites me back into the green place. Or for me, when the postman suddenly puts letters through my door, I notice that I immediately spike into red just for a brief moment. And then I realise it's just the it's just the mail being delivered and I settle back down again. So what are the things that move you into red, into blue and into green? And how do you notice that you've actually started moving towards those states so that you can get curious about your own nervous system and understand as well that you already have this self-protective mechanism that is built in that is designed to serve your protection. And so these kind of questions, these exercises, 
just allow you to get curious about how your nervous system learned that this was the best way to protect you. And that's what we'll look at in the next section. So as you've probably noticed there, it can actually be helpful to learn how to activate the green state, to have a resource pack, if you like, of how to get yourself back into that more soothed, calm state. But if you remember at the beginning of the episode, we, we thought of that reluctance that we sometimes feel to move away from the state that we're in. And so sometimes even when you know various techniques to, to bring you back to that place of feeling safe, it doesn't mean that you want to or even feel safe to feel safe. And so as we saw at the very beginning, sometimes you'll be reluctant to move out of red. Sometimes you'll be reluctant to move out of blue. And of course, this makes sense. After all, it's a protective state. So we go there when we feel less than safe. Why would we abandon that protection? So sometimes trying to force ourselves into that green state can actually be a mistake because what we really need to do is to better understand the reluctance, to honour it, to acknowledge it, and work with it. Once we understand that message of reluctance, of why we're feeling reluctant to move out of a state that actually feels quite distressing for us, it can bring about a transformational change that actually overwrites the old nervous system response with something more helpful. So given that it's currently occurring, if it is currently occurring for you, then noticing this reluctance can be really, really useful. Because what's happening is that you're actually experiencing the nervous system's choices at that very moment. And so as such, you're going to be able to connect to what's going on a lot more easily than if it's not going on. So it can sometimes be an advantage to be in it. Now, a key stance is that we have to assume that the current nervous system state is actually serving you in some way. After all, it's there for protection. So we have to just assume that it's moved into that state in an act of service. So what we need to ask is, how might it actually be useful for this nervous system state to be in activation at the moment, whether you're in red or whether you're in blue, your nervous system has kind of taken you there. So why is that useful? How might it be useful for this particular nervous system state to be activated? So for instance, let's imagine that you notice yourself shifting to blue, you're going into shutdown, you're cutting off from people, you're wanting to withdraw. You might report that its usefulness is that it stops people from seeing how you really feel. It might be something else entirely, but that's, that's something that sometimes occurs. So I might be seeing someone, they notice themselves shifting into blue. And when we investigate the usefulness, they might notice that it stops people from seeing how they really feel. By numbing the feelings, it protects them from having those feelings actually seen. And so we can then follow up with a question like, can you think of any time when your nervous system might have realised that it was a good idea 
to stop people seeing how you feel. And then that starts digging into the history. Now, as we start digging into that history, then we gain a deeper understanding as to why the nervous system responds how it does. We can get a sense of how did the nervous system learn to go into shutdown at the very moment that it seemed that people might see how you feel. And then these kind of scenes like, how did you learn this? What happened in your history that kind of taught the nervous system that it would be a good idea in this instance to stop people seeing how you feel? We can start to gather some scenes that we might be able to use for what I call reenactment work. Now, I'll talk about reenactment work in a moment, but it's basically something that helps to rewrite the nervous system completely when we're in a situation that resembles what happened back then. Now, when we dig into this history, just by following the lead of the nervous system, we also get access to some core beliefs that drive the response. So in this case, if I let people see how I feel, things will only get worse. So you can see that there's a real core prediction that is driving the nervous system response. And if that were changed, then perhaps we'd feel safe. Now, in the same way, let's imagine a person who's constantly on alert. They're, they tend to spend a lot of their time in the red zone. So they might report that if they stop being on alert, they won't be ready when bad things happen. And so once again, we can just dig into how the nervous system learned to protect them in this way. And so that's a question for you as well. How did your nervous system learn to protect you in this particular way? So I might ask a question there, which is something like, can you think of a time when your nervous system might have realised that it was a really good idea to keep you ready in case bad things happened? And then you might notice that there are scenes in your past where it actually makes perfect sense to constantly be on alert. So as you can see, just by following the nervous system, it allows us to tap into its, up until this point, unspoken wisdom. And we're able to put words to it and get some understanding. We discover how it's learned that this was the best way to give protection. And it uncovers these core beliefs, these outdated predictions that we can later target in order to make the change be really easy for you. Now, another line of questioning might be to ask, well, how would you like your nervous system to act instead? What aspects of the way it works now, for instance, might you like to keep? And what aspects of how it works now would you like to change? And then what changes would you like to see? So this then can start shedding light for you on exactly how these old learnings are actually getting in the way. And it might also reveal some key needs. Because once we 
explore why you'd like those changes, it starts to get you in touch as well with the things that you need instead. Now, some therapies try to get you to fight the nervous system. We've already seen how powerful it is. And my view is that fighting the nervous system just leads to exhaustion. A better way is to overwrite it so that the nervous system responds differently forever in the future. So what this means is that you can have the nervous system work how you want it to. You can actually design nervous system responses that are going to be useful for you. And we do this through a brain mechanism that's called memory reconsolidation that I talk about a lot. And the brain mechanism is just a natural way of updating, learning and overwriting trauma. Now, one of the things, in fact, the key, the key for this is something that I refer to as mismatch experiences. It's mismatch experiences that help us learn. Now, if you think of a magic trick, for instance, the magician puts a rabbit in a hat. You expect a rabbit in a hat. And next thing you know, they show you the rabbit. They show you the hat rather than there's no rabbit there. So that's a mismatch. You have a prediction and it's followed up by a prediction error. Now, just notice so far that we've gone from just feeling anxious and just feeling depressed and shut down into a really deep understanding of why the nervous system is working this way. We've seen that the nervous system is actually doing that in the service of your protection. And we've also uncovered some core beliefs. We've actually given words to some of those core predictions as well. Now, one potential mismatch here is around safety itself. Now, here's a question for you. If you're feeling in red or in blue, and so you're feeling unsafe and protected, one thing that's worth asking yourself is what it means for you to realise, as you might be doing during this episode, that you actually have an inbuilt protective force operating to look after you at all times. What is it like to know and realise that this protective force is looking out for you all the time. Its aim is to keep you safe and it will actually take over in service of your safety whenever it notices a threat. As you felt unsafe, what is it like for you to realise that you're actually not on your own here, but you have this inbuilt protective force? Now, that's an interesting question to just ponder, to take some time and have a little think about and see if that in itself might land. So I don't know what it's like to, to understand and realise for you that you have this kind of uh, protective force that operates independently of you at all times throughout your life whether in that moment of feeling unsafe, that actually adds to some safety. But whether it does or not, what we do know now is why the nervous system does what it does. We know the nervous system responses. We know the situations that trigger those nervous system responses. We've even got some language now, which 
allows us to put words on what that core prediction is that helps to drive the nervous system response. And so from that point on, we can start to work in therapy to try and find and create experiential mismatches. Now, some of those mismatches will show up in life. And by having an awareness of the core prediction, you'll spot some core prediction errors a lot more easily. Some of these experiences have already happened in life, but we we don't necessarily notice them. So, for instance, let's think of that person who says, well, if I'd spoken up for myself, that would have made the situation even worse. One thing that you could ask is, think about a time when you did speak up for yourself, even if only a little bit, and things stayed the same or even got a little bit better. So by asking yourselves these mismatch questions, you can actually find things in life that went against your prediction. And so these are exactly the kind of things that we can work with together in order to help rewrite and give the brain what it needs using the steps that neuroscience says that the brain needs in order to invite your brain to trigger that mechanism of memory reconsolidation and simply overwrite the old trauma response. Now, one of the ways I like to do this is by using imaginal experiences, which might seem strange, but think about any time you've written, you've read a book rather, and you're reading a book and it's a thriller and you're getting quite excited at that moment and there's some jeopardy for the hero and you notice that your heart is increasing and your eyes are wider, maybe your breath changes, you start to read faster. All of these are nervous system responses and they're being triggered by squiggles on a piece of paper that we translate into words and then we imagine them happening for the hero in the book. Our imagination is a powerful way of connecting with and activating nervous system responses. And so we can actually use the imagination to not only get in touch with these nervous system responses that you're feeling, but to actually generate the complete opposite of that. And so using the imagination, we can actually work directly on the nervous system itself, at a nervous system level, to break the prediction of the nervous system. So earlier on, I was asking that question, if you follow the lead of the nervous system, we get to untap its wisdom. We get to find out How did your nervous system learn to respond in this way? Um, I mentioned before that that brings up some history sometimes, that certain scenes from our life come into the forefront of our mind at that moment. And it's these scenes that we can use in order to create these imaginal reenactments. So we take a scene that initially contributed to how and why the nervous system is currently responding as it does that now feels like it's getting in your way and limiting your life and what we're able to do then is notice that if that way of protecting you is no longer being useful to you 
we can actually guide a complete reenactment of that scene where it initially learned its response so it gets reimagined in the client's favour. And it sounds really strange, but there's lots of studies to back this up. And certainly my experience with my clients backs this up as well. That by using these reenactments, the nervous system feels it real. And because the nervous system is feeling that this is real, it starts off with a prediction of a bad thing that looks familiar to the old scene where it was first written. And yet instead, the ending is completely in your favour. And that repetition actually breaks the nervous system prediction. The brain gets kind of confused. It's like, hang on, I know what this scene, I know the feelings and responses that typically happen here. And now it's all going really, really well. And I'm feeling the opposite of those feelings. And as we repeat the imaginal reenactment, this brain trigger, this brain mechanism kicks in and literally overwrites the old trauma. And it's really, really powerful. And it means that you don't have to manage these responses going forward, like most therapies try to get you to do. Instead, you get rid of these responses for good. Okay, so let's just have a quick recap to end the episode. Here's some of the things we've learned here. First of all, when we're anxious, when we feel shut down, we go into that kind of numb state. We're doing so because our nervous system has placed us into a state of what it regards as self-protection. Whenever we feel a reluctance, you know, someone might come and try and cheer us up or calm us down. And we notice that reluctance in ourselves to move out of that state. That reluctance is actually really useful material to dig into. In exactly the same way, any recent moment that puts you into that blue or red state, it allows us a doorway, really, into how your nervous system works So the moment that you notice yourself in blue or you notice yourself in red, you can check in and start asking some of those questions to just elicit some of the nervous system's inner wisdom about what is it that meant that this nervous system that I have has learned to protect me in this particular way. What were the moments in my life where my nervous system realised that a particular thing in that particular environment might not have been safe? And it also allows us then to uncover some core beliefs that actually can be the target of generating some prediction errors, testing out whether prediction is true. And importantly, especially for the way I work, is it identifies scenes that might actually be really useful to be the source material for imaginal reenactment work. And so as you can see, whenever you feel that you're moving into red, 
whenever you feel you're moving into blue, it's not because there's anything wrong, quite the opposite. It's a sign that your nervous system is doing the right thing. That it learned this to protect you. That you actually have an inbuilt protection mechanism that acts independently of you to keep you safe at all times. And once upon a time, this very response that you're now fed up with, that you wish that you could do without, this very response was very, very, very useful. So this is an example of your nervous system doing the right thing. But just like an example I often use, just like you might download an app, As technology changes and as the situation changes and as the tasks that you do change, they might decide to update that app so it works more in tune with your needs now. And so if this nervous system responses is getting in your way in life, then all that needs to happen is that it just needs to relearn that the situation now is different. That the core prediction that is driving it was true then, but is no longer true now. And once the brain realises that, either through imaginal work at a core nervous system level, or whether, it's, whether it just sees alternative evidence, all of these things are opportunities to ensure that what actually happens is you don't have to keep fighting the nervous system. We can actually just update it. The nervous system is our friend. And if it's acting in any way to get in your way, it's simply that its information has not been updated. And so our job together is to update that information and to ensure that the nervous system responses are completely rewritten. So it acts as you need it to act operating from the present moment, from this very moment. So not was I unsafe 30 years ago, but am I unsafe now? And when we rewrite and allow the nervous system to show up in the moment, we actually get something that is both invaluable and a real resource to us. Something that can just be there for us all the time in our lives acting independently based on current information to keep us nice and safe. If you found this episode useful, please do share it so others can get the benefit as well. And if you'd like to work with me directly, I'm Alan Parry, and you can find out more about how I work at liverpoolpsychotherapy.co.uk. And of course, you don't have to be local to me because I work 100% online, so you can be based absolutely anywhere. Also, I want to let you know about a free video course that I've put together for you, and it's called Childhood Trauma Gone for Good. And it shows you how your trauma can now be completely eliminated. You can get that video series completely free. Just go to a sliceoftherapy.com forward slash free. And please subscribe to the podcast as well because this is free too. 
and it means that you'll never miss an episode again. So thanks for listening, and I'll see you again on the next one.